So a life estate is an interest in property that only exists for your life. So anytime you have a life estate, there's really two interests. There's the life estate interest, which exists for as long as you're alive. And then there's the remainder interest, which is who gets the property when your interest goes away, when you die. These are two very separate things. Now, a life estate deed is a, a f- one form of non-probate transfer, meaning that if you gift property and retain a life estate, you absolutely have the right to live there until you die. That's, that's one of it. So um, when I talked about gifting the property to the child and everything, this would at least address some of the nightmare scenarios of your child kicking you out. <laughs> Again, hopefully that's a nightmare scenario that would not happen in most people's families, but the life estate at least makes it clear in paper that you are allowed to live there forever. You can even sell your life estate. I mean, that's, it is a very separate interest, but if you sell your life estate, then whoever you sell it to only has the right to live there during your life, not their own. But then the remainder interest is separate too. So your children could sell or whoever, whoever you gave it to could sell their remainder interest, which means that when you die, the rest of the property goes to somebody else. That is a way to transfer property, retain your right to live there and ensure that you know who it goes to after you die. And there are ways to use those kind of deeds as well. Um, I'm sure you know, Tammy's used them. There's situations, all situations are different and it might come into play. But one thing to note about life estate deeds is that that interest that you hold, the interest that you have until you die does have a value. And it's based on your life expectancy, which going back to, to what I said earlier about, you know, this being a specialized field, just to make it harder on you, the IRS and Medicaid define your life expectancy different because it can't be easy. Why, why would it, why would it, why would, why would anything make sense? So whenever you have a life estate, so say I have a life estate in, in, in a, my house here, the med, both Medicaid and IRS have made different tables for you where you can look at your age and they'll say, okay, well, you're going to live, for another 60 years. And then they have a, a, a percentage that would say that based on your life expectancy, your life estate is this percentage of that property. So say you are 75 years old. I don't have these numbers memorized. So this is purely hypothetical. So say you're 75 and let's say hypothetically, these tables say that the value of that life estate is 30% of the property. Again, don't quote me on those numbers. I, I'm not looking at it right now. So that would mean that you own a 30% technically interest in the property. Now you've got your life estate. So legally you um, can't get kicked off the property, but if that property is sold, so say you decide that you can't upkeep this house anymore and you want to downsize. If you sell the, if that property is sold, all of it, the, the life estate and the remainder interest, then you're entitled to 30% of the proceeds of that house. So going back to what Tammy was talking about earlier with countable versus non-countable assets. So your home is not a countable asset for, for Medicaid purposes, but cash is a countable asset. So if your home is converted into cash, then you've converted a non-countable asset into a countable asset. So even if the idea of the life estate deed was to protect it from nursing home care, you know, the property is out of your name, at least the remainder interest, and it would pass outside of your estate. But if the property is sold, then there is some portion of that that you're entitled to. So that's 
you know, the, these sorts of things require a lot of fact-based analysis as to whether or not that's going to be good for you because um, you, you, you want to make sure your options are open down the road. And to add on to that, um, from a Medicaid standpoint, if the life estate is revocable, then they will require you to revoke that in order to get Medicaid benefits. So it kind of undoes whatever you were trying to do. And that's really where a trust is going to avoid all of those potential issues. 